Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall, and I'm with my guy Robbie Falke tonight. Talk some sneakers. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Reeling after a close loss to the Orlando Magic by the Lakers. But um, feeling good. I'm excited about a lot of stuff going on in sneakers. So it's going to be a good combo. I'm just going to start out by saying that I think that Kylie Jenner wearing a bunch of old dunks is one of the best thing to happen to sneakers in quite some time. But um, before we get into that whole conversation, uh, there's obviously a lot to unpack there. I wanted to bring up a review. Shout out to everybody that leaves us a review. Uh, On iTunes, we've got Movie Star Nando. And his review is uh, not that great. So it's a one star. He says, I'm sorry, but no, I really wish these guys would invest in some better equipment. I like, I like, I'm sure the majority of people listen to the podcast in the car, mainly to and from work. But honestly, I tried to listen a few times. I seriously tried, but I can never make it through a single episode. The sound quality is so bad, horrible. Just my honest opinion. Uh, So if, if we have issues with our audio, feel free to hit us up. We're obviously not here to like torture you with terrible audio. So we appreciate this feedback from from you, movie star Nando. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I actually DM'd you on Instagram to see if you could if, let us know what episodes specifically you were having the problems with, and hopefully we can fix it. So um, we appreciate everybody listening, obviously, and, and we want it to be the best experience possible. So if you have suggestions, shoot us a, a DM on Instagram, leave us a comment, tweet at us, what, wherever you want to reach out. We're happy to, you know, cover subjects that you want to hear about, talk about the issues going on in the, in the footwear business, all those things. And, you know, the more feedback we get from you, the better we can become. So. At least with the audio, not us. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, these guys suck. That's true. That is a good, that is a good way to look at it. He, he kept trying for a reason. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you appreciate that. So uh, what's on your feet today? What are, you, what are you rocking? What are you copping this week? So like any typical week, I've been wearing the Kobe 1 a lot. I wear that Kobe 1 Pro Tro a lot. <laughs> like I have three pairs of them, no, four pairs of them. And I like alternate through them. Um, but today was Kobe 1. Yesterday was Kobe 1. So a lot of Kobe 1. What about you? I actually wore the Kobe one pro Tro today as well. The white, white and purple, like the home, I guess kind of the original, original yeah. release. You can really feel it underneath. 
Apple foot, right? Like the zoom's really nice in it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I mean, I I only had one pair of the originals, and I do remember it being just a little bulky. But I think everything back then felt bulky, you know, and, until kind of the hyperdunk, and then it was like, wow, this is crazy. And then you got into like the crazy lights from Adidas. So before that point, I felt like everything was bulky, and this you know, has like a, a bulky f- kind of feel to it, but it's so comfortable, man. Like I was really, I, I haven't worn them yet. So like today was the first day I'd worn them and was actually surprised at how comfortable they really were. They're killer. Which I can't, yeah, I can't remember the last time I would say that about a retro basketball shoe. Right. It's that new retro love. Shout out to my homie Quellen. He finished customizing those, um, those uh, white noise Kobe ones I got and they're officially done. So I'll post some photos soon, but um, I'll be wearing those also. Nice. Yeah. I just, yeah. Cannot speak enough. Um, But kind of like the spiritual successor to Kobe is maybe Kyrie Irving. If we're going to talk about shoes that are on our radar and um, his play on the court's been killing me. He made some comments about the team needing better players And I kind of laughed because I watched the whole game and the ball just stops with Kyrie. He's like clapping. Give me the ball. He dribbles for 22 seconds and then shoots. It's like broken as hell. But that Bruce Lee Kyrie six coming out the red with the yellow slash mark in it. Those are definitely on my radar. I am. I was kind of sick of the black and yellow Bruce Lee. Like I get it. It's like the token Bruce Lee look. But um, I like the spin, like flipping up the palette a little bit. Um, the heavy red and black is just like a breath of fresh air. I just think it looks really clean. I definitely want a pair. I've been looking. I'm not a big fan of the Kyrie stuff. Um, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that because there are definitely some colorways that I like on it. But I like. If I was going to pick a Nike basketball signature line right now, you know, LeBron aside, I think like the PG line is probably my favorite. And I really like this like weird shroud thing they've got going on on the new one. I don't know if I don't know if it's if I I don't know if I'll actually grab this Gatorade colorway. Um, I kind of don't like the idea of having a big Gatorade logo on the tongue, but I but I like the shoe itself. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Isn't that why you didn't buy, not you, but the world didn't buy the Jordan 1 Gatorade pack? So I think if you released all of those shoes, just monochrome colored shoes, without that Gatorade lightning bolt on the back heel, I would have totally bought it. But that Gatorade kills it. Yeah, for sure. Because the, the materials on those Gatorade Air Jordan 1s were really good. Buttery. Very nice. But like, yeah, man, it's just like the wrong branding. I guess it's not wrong branding. If you're not into the brand that's on the collab, like you're not going to be about it. And I think that's why musicians do so well, because we'll talk about this in a moment, but they have like millions and millions of followers that follow them for something creative, not because they drink a drink. You know, it's like that's a pretty... Uh, like I like Kraft macaroni and cheese. Am I going to follow Kraft macaroni on Instagram? No, <laughs> like, yeah. I think the same goes to Gatorade. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, I think it's also the other part of that is 
you kind of already went down this path with the sixes, right? Like the, like I got the, the green sixes, right? And I don't think they had, they didn't have any Gatorade branding on them, right? But, you know, like that maybe was kind of. sock line. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I'm, I'm but not big. Not like a, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was low key, right? And I actually really like the like orange, orange and white sixes that everybody called the Gatorade sixes. But all right, you've done a couple. Now to put the logo on all the ones and now continuing that, it's it's kind of like the NASA thing, right? Like I love the idea of NASA collaborations. I love a lot of the shoes that have been put out with the NASA branding on it, but it's everywhere. So it feels like your sneakers just became a walking billboard for another brand when they already are a walking billboard for the brand you're buying them from. I can't talk crap about the NASA because I love my Paul George 3 orange nasas they're i think they're a lot of fun i 100 percent get how how that can be viewed i grabbed the gray uh it's not the pg3 what is that the pg 2.5 playstation joints oh those are so yeah and like that was one of the first where i was like wow i really have a playstation logo on my shoes i'm not a gamer like that you know like but it was one of those things where you know i i, sh- I still want to pick up the pg3 like the the orange pair, like the NASA pair, but I just haven't done it yet. Man, those 2.5s, like the gray pair, they didn't get the same hype as the black, like the original pair, like almost every collab. But those grays and the white, they did a white one too. Um, super clean. And even if it is PlayStation, it's so cool that the tongue glows up. It's like, yeah, it's yep. cool, straight up. It's explicitly cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, that's what that's what we're that's what we're we're rocking today. What we're looking at copping, and uh, a little bit more. Obviously, we'd love to hear your feedback if if you guys think that you know this dual branded collaboration thing should continue on, and how much more you'd like to see of it. Because I don't know if it's just like the the trend is is uh, finally wearing out on me, and I'm just like yeah, whatever, with all of it. But hopefully, uh, I'm I'm not uh, just being a hater. This episode, we've got a pretty debatable conversation. We're going to talk about celebrities and sneakers. And obviously, most of you probably pay attention to other sneaker blogs, sites, and all that to talk that, that are talking about Kylie Jenner wearing dunks. There's plenty of people out there kind of like pointing at her saying like, she shouldn't be, she should be, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of have this position of it's always good for the business of sneakers when people that have the amount of followers and the amount of attention that someone that she has you know starts wearing some some cool shit right if she's wearing you know your basic i don't know she had a a puma deal right so she's wearing some clydes or she's wearing superstars in her adidas deal or nmds or ultra boost it's like okay whatever but anybody that kind of gets to that level and then s- steps a little bit further into the sneaker world, to me, I think it's dope. And on top of that, for, you know, kind of just comparison, the amount of followers that she has just on Instagram, right, is 100, as we're recording this, 158 million or so. And I think Travis Scott, who has a Nike and Jordan collab, you know, has 23.9 something like that, 24.9. Um, 
it's crazy to think the amount, the difference in that, right? But it's also, you know, taking that a step further, someone with that kind of celebrity also has celebrity fan accounts that have millions and millions and millions of followers. So the reason why I say this is actually the best thing to happen to sneakers in quite a while is because there needs to be some attention to what many of us that have been doing the sneaker thing for years consider these like kind of classic colorways, iconic shoes. And it, I feel like it needs to be done through the lens of other people that can educate, not educate, but spark some curiosity in like the next generation. And I say that because, you know, as much as like myself having a ton of experience in this business, even me talking to, you know, let's say my, you know, younger cousin or um, anyone that's in that, like, say, 15 to 25 range about sneakers, I can come off kind of preachy because I'm the old dude that's just like loves sneakers so much that I'm going to talk someone's ear off about them. With that said, I think that it's great to see someone that has this crazy amount of following and this crazy amount of access financially to some of these crazier shoes to be like wearing them and putting them out there and and to let people be like, oh, what is that? Because let's be honest, like most, you know, and I'm I'm saying this knowing that it's kind of reflecting back on myself, but I try not to be this way. But most of us have had that experience of someone comes up and asks us about our shoes and, you know, or we've made fun of somebody that might not know what shoes we really have on, or we might, you know, be condescending towards somebody that, you know, thinks they know about sneakers, but doesn't know quite as much as us. And I don't really think that's cool. And obviously, like, I think all of us can probably relate to doing that at some point or another, because it's, it's, it's the nature of the speed of our life at this point, but it's also the nature of the sneaker world, right? Like, it's almost like you're ridiculed for asking, what is that? Or what's that story? Or tell me more about that. And I just think that that's kind of a, a shitty way to be. And it's, and it's makes it even tougher for, you know, like if, if there's a, you know, let's say a 15 year old kid that is looking to, you know, cop some sneakers someplace. How does that kid know, you know, anything about the shoe? If the person behind the counter at the store is making fun of them, or if the person that they ask on Instagram is making fun of them and, and condescending toward them. So there needs to be someone like this, like a Kylie Jenner, or like whomever that has this crazy amount of, of, you know, attention from the world to kind of just make it okay for people to start asking. And on top of that, if you, if you looked at, I think it was on, I think it was on complex today, but I'm not, I'm not sure, but we'll put a link if of, of wherever it is. Um, you know, Basically, she's been buying shoes from Croatian Style, who runs Project Blitz. He got a shoot, got the shoes from Franelations. Like these are two of like the most OG sneaker dudes in Los Angeles. So she's getting them from a from a source that puts right back into this whole community and culture that we love. 
yet there's so many out there, so many people out there that seem to be pointing a finger and complaining that she's like stealing from the sneaker world somehow. And, and I just don't see, I can't relate to that, but, um, I'm going to, I know, but I've been rambling, so I'm going to let you hop in Robbie. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, couple points to that. Like I try super hard to be mindful of not assuming what I know is universal when other people talk to me about shoes or people that don't know a lot about shoes talk to me. If you come up to me in the street and you have a pair of Jordan one mids on that you got from Foot Locker and you like my shoes, maybe I have like a cooler Jordan one on, which cooler is relative, so to speak. But um, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that like you feel good about what you have on. Like if you come up and say something nice to me, I'm going to come right back at you. Like, man, those are some fresh ones you got too. Like you gotta always pay it forward. And once you start becoming like snooty with shoes, you're no better than that guy who is like sniffing the wine for like eight minutes. And it's like, Oh, what's the direct region of this grape? I don't think you know what the region is correctly. And it's like, it's being, a dick like condescending however you want to like think about it but just um that really resonated with me because i have people that i don't follow who dm me or they dm sneaker history with like oh check these out and you got to say those are cool or, or like somebody asks you do you know what this shoe is i'm gonna go out of my way to try to find it for you like you got to be nice is what it comes down to and we got to be nice to kylie jenner because for all the things that are like superficial that she's done to herself or does that doesn't matter. She, ultimately she's supporting the community by buying from people within it. So, you know, the shoes are real. She's not just having something fake on. And if we're talking real, she has a big bag. She has a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So if you had a lot of money, would you not also go buy a pair of what the dunks? I know I would. I know I'd post a picture of it on Instagram. Like I know I would be trying to wear stuff that is not easily attainable because you can. And that's just like the fact of the matter. Maybe you're not superficial like that or care like that. But if you're listening to a sneaker podcast and you got a lot of money, I'm pretty sure you'd buy some dumb shoes, right? I mean, I would for sure. <laughs> I'd buy some ignorant stuff. I'd be like, okay, full Yeezy 2 set. Um, every dunk that made up the what the dunks and the what the dunks. Like, <laughs> give me all of it. Um, so it's like, you, you, you got to disrespect the move. Like, if you can make the move, why not? Um, and like to what you were saying, people that see her wearing them, they might go Google shoes Kylie Jenner was wearing and they're going to see where they came from and what the shoe is. And that the shoe's made up of what, 24 dunks or 20 pairs of dunks? Forget how many dunks are in the what the dunk. Yeah, I don't remember so you know off the top of my head. Yeah. Right? Like, right <laughs> don't now, go asking me questions. Right now, we're being like, ridiculed by people. They're like, what the? Right. They're like, how can you guys not know this? <laughs> off the top of your head right now. Um, but I'm sure people do it to you too. They'll ask you stuff. And it's like, bro, like, give me 15 minutes I can find out for you. But like, off the, off the top, I don't know that answer. Um, doesn't mean we're less knowledgeable about shoes, but it's just like that kind of easy hate can come towards Kylie Jenner. And it's just all, it's all internet. <laughs> like it's all because of the internet at some point. But uh, 
to end my rambling, like it's important to see celebrities or people that you look up to for whatever, which reason you're looking up to them for and maybe learn something. I know growing up like Nikki diamonds who owns diamond supply co um, and Wale were like two of the biggest like shoe influences in big boy, big boy was really big to me. Um, I saw them wearing stuff and I was like, Oh, what are those retro Jordans? I've never seen those outside of those fake 13s big boy wore one time. I think he got a lot of flack for that. But um, outside of that, I'd be like, Oh, what are those? Or I'd see like Nick diamond wearing a pair of like, um, like wearing like three little bears or something like, or Wale wearing some pair of phone pauses that I've never seen or a pair of dunks I've never seen. Like that inspired me to go learn more about shoes. And now 15, 10 years later, I'm talking to you guys about shoes. So it's really important to see those kind of things out there because it might make somebody 15 years from now might make them money, might make them happy, might make them something positive. So why hate on what Kylie's doing? You know, I mean, that's another point that I actually wanted to make. So I'm glad you brought it up. I think that if you really think about what this could mean for the opportunities that are going to follow, there's so much that comes from from the growth of sneakers, right? And and don't get me wrong, like, you know, at first you feel like somebody's kind of, you know, taking something that was that was yours. This this is my own experience too, you know, it wasn't cool to like sneakers all of my life, right? I was kind of outcasted because of it for a long time and especially the older generation didn't understand and like my parents didn't understand that like you're doing what? You have sneaker you're buying sneakers and you're selling sneakers? No, I don't sell sneakers. I just I work in the sneaker business. I teach people, you know, about sneakers. I talk to people, brands about sneakers. I help brands sell sneakers, you know, in their content plans and strategy and stuff like that. But thing that I look at now is all of the things that kind of, you know, brought attention to sneakers. Yes, there are some things that, you know, that I think personally I didn't like to see happen, right? But at the end of the day, all of it created more opportunities for me to be involved in this business. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure out how to make that happen. It literally years of me, you know, buying and, you know, networking and talking about sneakers before I actually got paid to do anything in sneakers. But, you know, thinking about the, the level of opportunity that comes with someone of this kind of stature with this amount of influence on society it will come with some downside right like there will be people that just go out and buy like whatever crazy dunks because they saw her wearing it or even travis right same thing like they see them wearing it they have money and all of a sudden they're buying it they don't know the backstory of the shoe blah 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 but at the end of the day like it creates more curiosity for other people. It brings more people into the world of sneakers. And I think that all of that turns into opportunities for the rest of people that really have knowledge and passion about it to find ways to work with those people. And, you know, this is a great example, looking at Fran Alations and, and, you know, Croatian style, like Dre and, and Fran are like the old school dudes. Like they've been putting, you know, this is probably... 20 plus years of them being in the sneaker game in some way, shape or form. And it's just, you know, like you never know that you're going to be in a place to kind of help somebody buy, you know, <laughs> crazy expensive dunks. 
but like all of the energy and effort that you put into being a part of the community and the culture and whatever you want to call it ends up kind of paying off because now you're able to to say like, Hey, I sold Kylie Jenner these shoes and you know, that's a crazy thing. And I think on top of that, this is going to spark the next generation to be curious enough to go be involved in sneakers in some way to learn about them, to understand what, you know, what the stories are behind some of these things. And that means that the people that are in their, you know, say thirties and forties right now, or, or even older, they can, they can help that next generation kind of find their way into the sneaker business, into the footwear business based on their experience, based on their knowledge. I'm not saying you had to work at, at finish line for 30 years, but if you think of somebody like Kylie Jenner, what is she, 21, 22, something like that? So she's going to need probably someone or a group of people to, to support her in making those purchases, right? Now, I don't know that it's, you know, a personal stylist or, you know, personal shopper, whatever those things are. But oftentimes the people that somebody hires to be a personal stylist or a personal shopper doesn't necessarily know about sneakers. So now you might be able to step in and help that person that's helping her in like a one or two person removed situation. And now you've just connected her or, or him or whomever we're talking about into this opportunity to grab some stuff from Dre and from Fran. Cause that's the world that you already know. You've been watching and following these guys for years. And now it's like, Oh, this other person wants to be involved. And now how can I help them get involved? And that perpetuates because now, now Kylie's wearing these crazy dunks, you know, and, and really it kind of started with Travis, right? Travis, like super like heavy into dunks the last two, three years. Now Kylie's off her contract. She's big into dunks. Guess what? She has all these like, you know, celebrity friends and celebrity, you know, Instagram famous friends that are going to also go out and buy dunks because they want to be a part of that conversation. They want to be able to talk about it and have those stories with each other the same way that you and I would have if we were standing in line for a pair of these dunks 10 or 15 years ago. So it's a little bit different, but it's actually not really at all. It's just a bigger audience watching in my opinion. And it's a good opinion. I agree. That makes sense. So I think like the other side of this that we wanted to talk about and kind of shout out in a sense is you could take this completely the other way, right? And the, obviously the celebrity side is not quite as big, but you know, someone that I think is really important in the sneaker game in the footwear business right now and and for the past few years to be honest is is Don C. You know, he's he's one of those people that you can always see that he is passionate and has done his research before he releases product and you know, I'm not saying that everything he makes is going to be what you like, but he's always very aware of the history and the nostalgia and the the stories behind the products that he releases, but um, Robbie, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about Don C because obviously, you know, we were talking about him earlier and you brought up some great points. So, yeah, man, um, just on the sneaker history page, um, he had posted a picture of his new um, Air Force One in those kind of like Air Force Two elements. We'll call it the Air Force One. Um, his new blue pair that he's releasing is based on the Chicago flag. And um, he posted it on his story. 
And I just DM'd him saying, oh, those are really dope. And he responded back saying, thank you. And I was like, oh, like normally you would think you'd like this message that and you would never hear. I didn't expect to hear anything back. Um, and he took the time out just even to say thank you back. I know he reads like Nike stories, like the homie Drew, and he responds on his page. And he's all over the sneaker blogs and it's like in the, in the comments and he's like having real conversations and you can tell he like, he's with the shits. He's not just, and not to knock what we were just talking about, but he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, a, a secret shopper. Like Don C is in these streets buying his shoes, maybe not literally in the street, but you know, like he's picking out what he's wearing. Like he's picking out the elements of his shoes. and. It's just so genuine. Like, sure, he has less followers than both Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner, but they're more meaningful within our space than having 150 million random people or 300,000 people or a million people who are all collectively around music and art and footwear and fashion. It's just like he organically connects a lot of dots. And you can see that, especially with his like Jordan two collab, like the Jordan two has been done more than a handful of times, premium materials, subpar materials, collabs with rappers like Eminem. No, there's tons of stuff out there, but with his, he really went the route of like premium. And you can tell he's around fashion people like Virgil and Kanye. Cause there's like a premium quilted nail pattern to it. And it's just very luxurious. And he has his own brand. Like I haven't even brought that up. Like all the Don C stuff is rooted in sport and it's rooted in music and it's all premium and it's all really, really good quality. And all of that comes across on his like, I'm going to call it named sneaker collabs. Like every part of them are just well executed. Um, I said named sneaker collabs because technically, he was on the um, Legacy 312, which, you know, it's been clowned on by a lot of the sneaker community because it's not a Jordan 3 or Jordan 1 or a trainer one. It's kind of all of them. But I see that shoe all the time. A lot of casual sneaker fans and it's casual people needing shoes like the way it looks. It has a lot of elements from like the Nike Air branding to like the Jordan one vibe, like it is calls back to a lot of things that's going to draw in a lot of people. And does it have his name on it? No. Is it like a retro Jordan? No, but each part of it are parts of shoes that he likes. It's not somebody telling him, Hey, these are um, the Jordan four and the Jordan 11. These are two really popular models. Why don't you do something with these two models? He doesn't have to have it like spoken to him. He just, he knows it because he feels it. And it makes me like the 312 a lot more. Though I still don't own a pair. But, um, I mean, it makes me enjoy what they're about. Knowing that the elements within them come truly organic. That was a really long rant, but that kind of covers everything. Like his new stuff, what he's been doing. like. He's just really with the shits. That's like the best way of putting it. He's really about it. Yeah, I think you make some great points. And I think, you know, just a little bit, go a little bit further with him 
you know, I, I want to say that he and Virgil were like co-owners of RSVP Gallery in Chicago, right? And there's a RSVP Gallery here in LA now. It's it's one of the it's one of the doper stores. I think that you know it it aligns with what you said about his his collaborations, right? It's very like premium feeling. It doesn't feel like you're footlocker it feels like wow this is next level very aspirational in a lot of ways and i think that that says a lot about who he is who he aligns with who he's surrounded by and what's shaped what he does talking about the 312 or the legacy 312 the thing about that shoe the thing that i think a lot of people in the sneaker world don't necessarily understand is that when you are a Foot Locker or a Finish Line or even a brand like Nike, the sneakerhead community might be the loudest on Twitter when the sneakers app crashes, but it's definitely a small, small piece of the big picture. You know, I, I would say 20% or less, and I'm being very generous, but fraction. The reason why you see a shoe like the Legacy 312 is. Partially, yes, it's it's Don C's kind of, you know, the things that influenced him, his favorite shoes, you obviously pieces here and there. But on top of that, that's a great shoe for a brand like Nike to sell, because if they do enough, you know, if they do a ton of colorways of that shoe, the average consumer, the people that are not listening to this podcast are going to be out there like really into that shoe because it has all these nostalgic pieces to it. And they don't necessarily have to think, oh, that's the Air Jordan 4, that's the, you know, Air Jordan 2, whatever it is. They just have to be able to say, oh, that looks familiar. I think I like that, you know, and it's got to be in a cool colorway. The perfect example of this outside of this conversation would be like the Dub Zero, right? The Dub Zero is not a shoe that most like traditional, when it comes to sneakerheads, it's not a traditionalist shoe. That shoe is very much almost appalling to the OG, OG heads. The thing about that shoe is that they threw patent leather on it. They threw classic Jordan colorways on it. And it had the lasering that showed more of that nostalgic play from Jordan brand. So the average consumer looks at it and goes, sweet, I don't want to pay $220 or $250 for a you know Jordan 11 retro. But this one's going to come in patent leather and it's going to have black and red and white on it or it's going to have, you know, Space Jam colors or whatever that is. And now I can get it for 130, 140. Oh, it's on sale for 70, 80, 90. That shoe costs the brand 20 bucks to make, you know, like by the time it gets to the store or whatever. So that shoe is hugely profitable for the brand because it it appeals to that other 80 percent. You know, like if you're into i don't know what it, what you would even say this is but like it's called the pareto principle but basically says that 20 percent kind of drives the the idea and like the hype around something 80 percent is like you know that it's like kind of defaults into that and it can shift a little bit but generally speaking like you'll have that in a lot of things and the sneaker community is very much that like we're the 20 percent that drives a ton of energy a ton of conversation we're the loudest in the room but at the end of the day the 80%, the other 80% of the people out there are the ones that are buying the massive amounts of shoes and like putting the, you know, like the, the 
big money in the pockets of a Nike or a Foot Locker or Finish Line or whoever's selling those shoes. So kind of circle back a little bit here. I think it's really interesting for someone like Don C to be able to have all of those crazy influences be around the Kanye's, the Virgil's, like the premium stuff, the high end stuff, live in your best life kind of situation, but still have the understanding that how this is going to work for the brands and the retailers to sell a shoe that's going to appeal to the 80% of the world that's not paying attention to, you know, the the Virgil Ablos and the Kanye's of the world. Like that's a, that's a, a, he's in a genius place in my opinion, because he's able to kind of understand where that works. And there's not a lot of people that do understand where that works. You know, he has a foot on both sides. And yeah, I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. And it's like, you couldn't be more correct. Like we are the minority to the nth degree when it comes to like end of year sales. Like it's just, we drive the conversation 20% of it. 20% of us are going to bitch about a Jordan three Knicks colorway, not being good enough quality, but 80% is going to go buy the legacy three, one, two, like it is what it is. And it's like, that kind of filters back to that point we were talking about being nice. It's like 20% of us quote unquote, know what's going on though. I'd argue far less of us know what's going on with shoes and, and like the bigger picture, but 80% of the people are going to look at the 20% feet and the 20% is going to be aspirational to them. So we have to be just as nice to people rocking three, one twos as we are to people rocking. Don C twos, you know, like I was thinking about that a little bit while you're talking, if you were to break that down into like a, a, a consumable bite for the people that are listening, the sneaker world, let's say, let's say I, I walk into, you know, Starbucks tomorrow and I'm wearing, you know, bright yellow zoom Talarius, right? There might be a hundred people in that Starbucks that see my shoes. There's probably only 10 that actually could say that it's a Talaria. The rest of them are just going to say, ooh, those are really cool Nikes. If they even know that they're Nikes, because the swoosh is pretty small on that shoe. Generally speaking, that would be a great way to think about the way the person that really knows what the shoe is, most of you that are listening to this and, you know, having the conversations with us, we're, we're very much in the minority when we're in, out in the real world, right? There's very few people that can actually identify all those shoes the way that a lot of us could. And I think like that's a really uh, interesting thing to think about as, as you kind of move forward. And I think too, like I would, you know, throw out another challenge to people and compliment people on their shoes because you never know how far that will take you. And it can open up so many opportunities for you especially if we're going back to examples that we were talking about a little bit earlier, let's say there there's, you are at Starbucks, the person in front of you is wearing, I don't know, a general release Nike runner. doesn't even matter what it is. You're able to say those are, you know, pretty good looking shoes, whatever. What if that person turns around and starts to have a conversation with you? And it turns out that that's the person that's actually the assistant buying those dunks for Kylie Jenner. Now you just put yourself in a position to, you know, build a relationship with somebody that 
you could become that knowledgeable angel slash devil on the shoulder saying, go by the what the dunks. I don't know. I just think we could be more positive and, you know, I don't want to preach too much more, but that, that kind of just that image in my mind of like standing in line at, at, you know, grabbing a coffee or something and just complimenting somebody, you know, and starting a conversation based on sneakers, just in a different way than what kind of what people try to make cool on the internet now is very derogatory. Right. And I think that I, I've been lucky enough to meet Don C a couple of times in passing, like, you know, when I worked at StockX, we, we did a partnership with him. I actually met him at a, at an event like years back as well. And he's, he wouldn't remember me, but he's always been very, very nice and very, very polite and comes across very, very genuine. It kind of just shows his success is really a result of him being a good person. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just stop my rant there. <laughs> Rants are good when they're happy rants. Definitely. Definitely. Nobody wants to hear our grievances. <laughs> My only grievance that I will air is that if I say something nice about your shoes, damn it, say something back. Don't, you don't say anything to me about my shoes. Just don't be weirded out. <laughs> people, be like, people just like look at you like, what'd you just say? I'm like, yeah, I said cool shoes. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. Like, like this, yeah. You can say my shoes are cool too. That's nice. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, and I think too, like, you know, it, man, it just feels good to, it feels good to be able to compliment somebody and, and it feels good to get those compliments back. So let's just make the world a better place. One, one, uh, sneaker compliment at a time. What do you want to talk about as far as news? Um, I have one thing on my mind that I thought was really interesting. I think released this morning. Uh, sold out on Nike actually, but I think it was available in quite a bit of places. But the uh, it was cool to see the original women's Air Jordan come back. Uh, you know, it kind of has like the 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 Air Jordan thirteen vibes. You know, it was like the first time that they actually made a women's specific Jordan model, and I thought it was really dope to f see them finally bring that back. It's like, long overdue in my opinion, and it was it was also dope to see. Tiana Taylor kind of being the the model slash spokesperson for it because uh, she she's just like always kind of had that like sporty vibe to her in my opinion and I think it was just a really well put together kind of just imagery and and campaign for it. It's funny you say that because I've had shout out to Stanley um, Stan the man um, he amongst other people were pretty pissed that they didn't come in, in big, bigger sizes. Cause they're clean. They're just called the women's air Jordan. OG. I mean, maybe back. And this is where I'm not a perfect historian. Um, they had a specific name back when they originally dropped, but man, I couldn't tell you it. And now they're just calling it the, the women's air Jordan. And it's just clean. Like the 13, um, is one of the cooler looking models. And the side panel, I like how they broke it up. Makes it look a lot better. Uh, it worked in 1998. It works now. And you can definitely tell that it's inspired because it's the same year. No, 97 was the 13, right? No, 96. No, 98 was the 13. Yeah, yeah 98. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of same way, like the Jumpman Pro kind of looks like the Jordan 12 a little bit. Um, 
they'll they'll share similar design cues, but uh, a very good looking shoe. I'm a. I'm not gonna say I'm I'm unhappy. I can't get them. I wasn't gonna buy them anyway. But it's just cool to see something other than Cheryl Swoops brought back. You know, I mean, yes. It, you know what's interesting about this shoe? Like it was actually just called the Women's Jordan. Ah, like and so, uh, gonna date myself a little bit here. But this was actually one of the first shoes that I legitimately considered buying that was a women's shoe because it was one of the first that I ever saw that came in a women's size 15, which would have, you know, in theory been a, a, a men's 13 or so. And I remember specifically because I ended up getting, uh, I actually ended up getting like the white, uh, the white and black Jordan 13, but I actually liked, you know, maybe not now, but at that time I actually liked the look of this one better than the 13. So that might be blasphemous. We might have just lost subscribers, but sorry, guys. I just got to be honest. The side panel's dope, man. Like, let me see here. Yeah, I mean, I'm also just looking at this new Racer Blue Jordan 9 to keep on the Jordan tip. And I think it's so incredibly clean. Like, I think I really like it a lot. There's like an iridescent. 3m feel going across the mud guard and they're super dope but it makes me sad that people aren't gonna buy these i mean myself included just because i've learned my lesson i don't like wearing jordan nines i've had three pairs now and i've turned around and sold them all after wearing them because they're just they're not for me but it makes me it makes me sad that like they keep turning out you know good colorways are there some not good colorways in there too? Yeah, for being honest. But um, for the most part, I referenced the Nick 3 earlier. The Nick 3s were really clean. Those winterized 4 that nobody's buying are really good. The reverse playoff or the reverse he got game 13s, really, really clean. Like there's some good stuff coming out there and you'll have the 20% complaining about it. They'll complain about how these aren't the powder blue nines or they're not the cool gray nines, whatever excuse you can have to complain about a Jordan nine. But um, if I was a casual dude, just walking in to a finish line and I had 200 bucks and I told myself I'm walking into the store to buy a pair of Jordans, I would walk away very happy with these. And I think that's really cool. But man, just the fact that these are probably going to be lambasted for some reason kind of pisses me off. There's nothing wrong with this shoe. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think that's what's interesting about a lot of these Jordan releases that are, you know, the non-original colors, right? They're, they're always kind of downplayed, talked down on when they come out. But uh, let's be honest. If you, if you had a pair of, I don't know, take your pick, right? Let's say Flint gray 12s, Flint gray nines, anything that like wasn't an OG colorway that's, you know, seven to 10 years old wearing it now, most of us would be like, damn, that's dope. I haven't seen somebody wear those in quite some time. And I think a lot of the shoes that have been coming out for the past year or two, Jordan wise, you know, they've been pretty decent quality, you know, like I think that there are some that are hit or miss, but the colorways have been super on point. I mean, even going back to like, 
you know, stuff like the olive green, uh, the olive 13s, like those were super dope. The, you know, like you said, the Knicks threes. Red 13s, the all black with the red 13s from like yeah. five years ago now. Those were super clean. Yeah. Um, there's tons of good stuff. Um, I'll give you a second to think about it as I give my answer to my own question. But uh, thinking about those shoes that are now six, 10, 12 years old that are not OG colorways. Which ones do you want to see back? Give me one or two. Cause I have two that came to mind the second you said that. And they're both Jordan fives. Cause I love Jordan fives. Um, the green beans. I really wish those things would come back. Like I hope they do something for the 25th anniversary and bring those back. And the burgundy fives. Those are both non-OG colorways, but if somebody walked down the hall wearing them, I would stop, grab them by the shoulder, turn them around, look at them in the eyes and say, damn, those are crispy. Like I would be like, I'd be all over it. I'd be like, that's a really great Jordan. How are they in such good shape? How, where did you get them? Tell me the story. And you made a good point. I think this will happen with a lot of these colorways in that same time span in the future. But what's like one or two Jordan retro that's not OG that you would like to see come back? Um, you know, I, I actually. I have them all. <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I don't actually have near as many Jordan retros as I, I probably should or would like to have. Um, the first thing that comes to mind when when stuff that I want to come back out isn't necessarily like I guess it's a retro technically, but like I still don't have a pair of Air Jordan 23s and I love that shoe. Um, there were so many different colorways that I that I actually like. Titaniums, bro. Oh, my I God. Mean, yeah, the titanium, like by far, like one of the most beautiful shoes I've ever seen. I would love to have a pair, but I mean, obviously that's super limited. The story behind it was crazy. I don't know that it would ever really, you know, uh, come out. And, and even if it did, it would cause such an uproar from people, you know, that it would just be like maddening for so many people. But, um, God, there's so many, um, I really kick myself for not getting the Knicks slash calves fours. Um, that shoe was just beautiful to me. I didn't get it. Um, basically any of the, the Jordan nines. Oh shoot. What was the, what was the, the like, what was that Jordan nine pack? It was like the, there was like the purple one. Calvin Bailey. Calvin Bailey. Yeah. Any, like I look at those then and I was like, that's corny. I don't need that stuff. And now I look at them like, oh, that was kind of funny. I, I would definitely rock those if I had them in the closet. Um, yeah, I mean, there, oh, there's just so many, you know, like I think any of the, like the Carolina blue, uh, like twelves that dropped, what was that? The new buck package and stuff like that would be super. That released on jumpman.com. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would totally take like either a pair of laser fours if I had the chance now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lots of them. To be honest. It's it's funny you say that that whole pack because two of the three Jordan nines I've sold because I realize I don't like the way they feel 
where the um, uh, Bentley, the um, Calvin Bentley, and the motorboat Jones. I worked at Foot Locker then, and I bought them, and I was like, "Oh, these are so freaking clean," which they were. There's the nine, I think, is one of the easiest shoes to just make a clean colorway, like that big mud guard, and like the eyelets. It just you can put anything with that combo, and it it works. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, just interesting. The haters hate now, but in 12 years, they'll be like, where'd you get them? Where'd you get them? Yeah, we pretty much ran over the, the shot clock here, but uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up. As always, make sure you're following us at Sneaker History. My name is Nick Engvall. You can follow me at Nick Engvall. And uh, Robbie, let them know how they can find you. You can find me in these streets running to compliment people on their shoes. Um, but on the internet, you can find me at R A H B E E seven Oh two. And of course that's sneaker history. Please reach out, send nice DMS, um, leave nice reviews, leave constructive reviews like the movie gentleman earlier. Um, it sucks, but he was nice about it. So that's cool. Um, this, we love your engagement. So thanks for listening. And we hope to hear from you in some fashion. For sure. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, I want to ask a couple favors of you. If you're interested in more episodes of the podcast, consider becoming a member of our Patreon page, where we drop additional episodes, post monthly giveaways, and even help you hunt for your grails. You can find us at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Also, sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com slash email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and give you insight into what we're working on in sneaker history. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.